if we can let's uh hold off on the profit chat until next time a because we'll need things to talk about because it's winter in covid atlantic city and b because i haven't looked at any of that stuff yet mostly b but i'm sure in two weeks we will not have anything to talk about and it's not like anyone's going to be like waiting for our hot takes on the profit situation so they're like we need to hear about the EBITDA. Howdy, it's Tuesday, December 1st, 2020, and this is episode 138 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Update, I don't have COVID, so that's good. That is very good news. Or at least I didn't when I got tested like two weeks ago. Two negative tests, though. That means I can go play football. <laughs> Certainly that is true, but I don't know how high those standards are. I can play for the Ravens. They yeah. need players, they need bodies. Could have been no, the quarterback no. of the Broncos. We're so confident in our game played being played tomorrow. Tomorrow being Wednesday, by the way. That we aren't even bringing our starters is what I hear. Oh <laughs> uh, boy, yeah. So I have been uh, quarantined for three weeks. I was sleeping on the couch for ten of those days because my wife did test positive. So it wasn't a fun three weeks. I'm still curious if she actually had it or not. But same. That's neither neither here nor there. Not one symptom. Anyways, should we talk about 1938? Yeah. So what happened in 1938? Something was filmed on the boardwalk. Comedic genius, I think you would agree. <laughs> the Three Stooges. That's right. There was a short video just outside the Steel Pier, I think, on the boardwalk at Atlantic City. Basically, they're sort of hitting on this lovely young lady who is actually a model at the time, Barbara Bradford. Not still a model. You know, it was 1938. What do you want from me? I'm, I'm sure she's not alive now. but <laughs> You don't know. And then some very large man who is... Uh, large man is vaudeville actor george man comes over and intimidates them and then has somebody from the steel pier throw them out so not an official episode of the three stooges but when you search 1938 boardwalk it was everywhere people very excited about it and apparently the reason for that is because it's rare color footage of them performing a sketch in character they were performing at the steel pier with george man and somebody else some dancers i guess over fourth of july week and this video was shot at the time so good stuff i'll post a link to the video itself what did you think critics review i have to say the action scenes in it were were quite bad you know they're getting punched in the the least convincing <laughs> way possible but i don't know i have to say uh much like we talked about an episode or two ago you know i have to say the model was wearing like a somewhat modern looking bathing suit right and that's really what you came for so, I guess the times they were a changing back then. You know, I mean, it was still obviously a one piece. I don't think the bikini gets invented until the fifties, but it, it certainly it's not you know turn of the century stuff anymore. I like that I asked for a review and you just really focused on just just talk about this the bathing suit styles, the model. Of, yeah, yeah. That she was attractive. What can I say? I have to say the large man, as, as you put it, he was quite tall, but also looked like the skinniest person ever. Yeah. So was not actually terribly intimidating. I would be shocked if he weighed more than 165 pounds. Yeah. Despite <laughs> being like seven feet tall. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, much taller than the three stooges, though, who I think all of whom very, very short. Yes. Hey, you were on a show on Thanksgiving Day. 
Yes, Thanksgiving Day. I was obviously a very highly, you know, sought after person to be on the Thanksgiving Day show, which everyone knows that's the most important show in uh, the podcasting year, right? It was like everybody watched the parade and <laughs> then they listened to The Better Life. Yeah, so I got to talk to, to Tim about, you know, I guess Atlantic City a little bit, my gambling history, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was a, a pretty, pretty good conversation, so. It was nice to hear you talk a lot. All right, yeah, it's a change from this this show. It's always fun for me to go on other shows because I get to be a bit more like unbuttoned. You know, I'm pretty buttoned up on the show and don't get to talk about as like all the extraneous stuff because we try to keep it pretty streamlined. But it was a good time. It was a good time. I'm glad I was invited on and I enjoyed myself. I thought it was interesting to hear stuff you've bet on, crazy bets, bets you've been making. Yeah, I didn't really know all the detail about your you know political bets that we don't need <laughs> to get into on this show. You can go listen to the Better Life if you want to hear about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it seems like it's going to be profitable for me, but who knows? Who yeah. knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, some of the numbers you talked about very funny. Um, one thing you said, you said that I hate blackjack. You are not a blackjack fan. It is. Are, are you going to dispute this? Uh, no. So so Justin W. I guess heard the episode before I did because he Facebook messaged me saying I didn't know you hated blackjack, <laughs> and I didn't know what he's talking about yet. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't I don't know that I hate it. So as I thought more about it. The big thing is, I like it at $5. I think at 10 or $15, it's just like way too fast for but how you pay, not but you play, fun it is. you play craps, right? Which is much faster. It's more interesting, though. There's like so much more going on in craps. The thing with blackjack is, once you know basic strategy and you're just playing basic strategy, there's no fun to be had in blackjack. There's only winning and losing. It would be way more fun to just throw the strategy card out the window and say, like, I don't know, I think a five's going to come up on the 16 and hit, even when it's totally ridiculous to do that. But you'll get yelled at at the table if you do that. Let me, just just to play devil's advocate, I don't actually believe in this, but, you know, what's what's the difference between, uh, you know, making a pass line bet and throwing the dice and just hitting on your 15 or whatever? Like, what makes it more fun? Yeah. There's so many other things going on. I mean, it's more tactile for one thing. Like that to me is the most fun thing about Pygout tiles. Uh, that is true. Is like how tactile a game it is. Blackjack, you can't touch the cards. You got to do some fancy sign language or else you get yelled at. Though again, I, I will say it's only tactile like one twelfth of the time when you're That's actually true. throwing the dice. You know, the other 11, 12 out of 12 times, someone else is throwing the dice. Yeah. So, I mean, another thing, most of the time when you're at the craps table, people are like rooting for each other. And it's very lively and happy if it's going well. And even when it's going poorly, it's pretty rare that someone's like, why'd you do that? Like, why'd you seven out? <laughs> Gas? I think I've only been at one table where somebody's done that. Where somebody seemed like legitimately mad at the shooter when they sevened out. And it just seemed totally ridiculous. Blackjack, everybody's looking for a reason to be annoyed at everyone else at the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't remember exactly which friend it was. It may have been our friend Chris. But, uh... He like rolled the dice off the table or whatever in the middle of a point, and they passed him the other the other four dice, I guess, because one went off the table and one stayed on. But uh, he just picked up two dice at random and threw them. And I guess the dice he had picked up out of the pile were set at seven or whatever when they passed it to him, and someone went like ballistic at the table because he summoned out, and they were not not very happy. So. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm overlooking a lot of craft superstition, a lot. Like, craft like this person went like off the deep end and like the dealers had to tell him to like calm down and i mean which of course it's ridiculous it doesn't matter right. but oh, no, let me tell yeah. you he was not a happy man yeah i think i'm definitely looking at the bright side of of craps <laughs> yeah. sort of co-op play uh <laughs> and, and not the downside that you certainly get with people you know 
getting mad about bouncing the dice off of the the bouncy ass tables at Borgata right. or like you know the dealers being annoyed. I, I've certainly felt in the middle felt of people's rage directed at me silently when you know you like roll the dice and seven out because you like knock over someone's chip pile or whatever. Yeah. It's like, what do you want me to do, man? Like sometimes they bounce funny. <laughs> I wasn't aiming yeah. for it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Other gamblers are just generally bad. Oh, that's, that's why I just play video poker. Gamblers slots. are quite unpleasant. Yeah. That's because you avoid the other gamblers. I'd rather have some old dude smoking literally right into my face at Caesars at the full pay video poker machines right by the waitress station. Yeah. <laughs> then be sitting at a blackjack table next to other people who are getting mad about like, you're not supposed to split those twos against a 12 or whatever, which I can't even remember. There was a time I had it all down cold. I'm pretty sure that's right. But you know, whatever. Yeah. I haven't played blackjack in a very long time. You are you are supposed to split twos against twelve. So yes, all right. At so, least that's what my my shaky memory of, of basic strategy says. But so, uh, Craig Case Blackjack confirmed. By the way, I I do agree with you that even though you're making less decisions and craps, I do think it's a more fun game too. So I I can't tell you why. I was just playing Devil's Advocate. I actually, I'll say though, five dollar blackjack very fun. Like if you go downtown Vegas and play some cheap blackjack, extremely fun. The higher limits though, I'm already like I'm getting stressed just thinking about it. Not for me. Maybe gambling just isn't for me. Maybe that's yeah. The like blackjack is not a fast game. Like, I don't. Are you crazy? Blackjack is way too fast. I'm like get annoyed when I'm playing blackjack if it's like you know me and the dealer. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then someone sits down. I'm like, oh my god, the game's gonna be like five times slower now. <laughs> uh, remember the dealer we had at Hard Rock Vegas, who was like the fastest dealer in the world. The like nice Eastern European lady. Yeah, who was just like totally. Oh, she was she was fantastic. Fantastic in every way, I would say. That was the fastest deal that I've ever had in any game in my life. It was unbelievable. And she was talking like conversational the entire oh, yeah. time. It's like I don't understand how you're doing the math she while was talking while superb. You're... I mean You were a fan. Yes. She was also very attractive. But <laughs> it's neither here nor there. <laughs> Let's see what else we can get Kyle to talk about about attractive <laughs> people in the rest of this episode. Yeah. Two for two. I don't think we have any other uh stuff like that in the podcast. So have you have you gone back on Frank Morano's show? I have not. I have a correction to make, which is that I foolishly said 9.70 a.m. in New York, which is what he used to be on. He's not on that anymore. He is on WABC 770. The show is now the other side of midnight. So I am a terrible pitch man. But the good news is WABC has a signal range that can be heard in 26 states at night. There's something about a.m. signals. They can be heard further at night. So you have no excuse not to listen when I go on again, which will probably be before this episode comes out. So I'm really cementing myself as the worst world's worst pitchman for radio. So what are you going on? I think just for only me to know and not yeah. our listeners. For you to know, you can probably hear it in Maryland. Thursday, three thirty in the morning. Good. This Thursday, whatever date that is, December. Let me tell you third. What I will not be setting my alarm for. <laughs> but anyways, yes. Uh everyone should retroactively go back in time. And listen to that episode. It will, I'm sure, go up later in that day as a downloadable episode, and I will link to it when that happens. So uh, Philadelphia closed their casinos on November 20th because of COVID. This only affects Rivers Casino because all the other casinos in Pennsylvania are outside of Philly. I, I guess so Harris technically, like Chester, I guess, is outside of Philly, even though it's really not. Yeah, so, yeah it is outside of Philly. So it's Harris, Philadelphia, mm. but it's actually in Chester. I mean, I've never been there, but I've driven by it, and... I wouldn't say that it's outside of Philly, <laughs> yeah, but you are sure. right by it that's, on the train. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's funny because the, the announcement came out, like, Philadelphia closing casinos. Mm. And then I was looking more into it, and it's like, casinos plural is a little bit misleading. 
because it really only seems to be the Rivers Casino. <laughs> that announcement came out like two days after we had our bet last episode about will AC casinos close again. And that was not a good sign for me who said, no, they won't. What do you think? Update? Think it's coming to AC? Um, I mean, I hope so, given our, our wow, large you wager. hope Atlantic City casinos close so you can win $5. That's right. <laughs> Ice cold. I mean, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> Once care the more, on the table. more about Atlantic City and not to mention our podcast than <laughs> my $5 bill. A nice crisp $5 bill that you'll never actually get. It will just go <laughs> onto the ledger of until our bets of some bet just to be like crossed out with a strike through when some other bet counteracts it. So realistically, it could. We'll have to see. I mean, I think we're going to start to get post-Thanksgiving data. In another week or two, we'll have a lot more information. I doubt it closes down much before Christmas if it, if it were to, but I think it's, it's more unlikely than likely given how important casinos are to Atlantic City. I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, like here in Maryland, they close back down, though maybe that's even slightly less likely just because we have a Republican mayor who's, or a governor who's trying to keep as many things open as possible. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I would guess no. I would still be very surprised if, if they closed, but I think what I could see happening maybe is in the worst case, hopefully this is the worst case, <laughs> if there is a big spike after Thanksgiving, so like two weeks from now, you see a bunch of new cases popping up, and then they decide to close everything for two weeks leading right up to Christmas, and then they like reopen, I don't know. It seems insane to reopen for New Year's because that's the dumbest thing. <laughs> it would be like so ridiculously like encouraging bad behavior but i don't know maybe like reopening right after new year's or something which the casinos would just be rabidly against uh so i don't know it seems so much easier for governors to just keep stuff open or slightly more restricted than they are yeah just be like oh you know it's certainly what we've done here is you know everything went from like either 50 or 75 percent where it was at back down to 25 percent or whatever but it's still open and I don't think it's actually keeping anyone out of these places because I don't think anyone was really full to capacity a whole lot that I could tell before that. So yeah, it's much easier to like just yell at your your uh, constituents for not doing the right thing than it is to actually you know, legislate them to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I know in other places, like I know Michigan's closed down all their casinos and stuff, so it is happening in some other places. But I don't necessarily expect it to happen in New Jersey, unless kind of public opinion turns a lot more against it, keeping things open. I'd be shocked. I don't see it. Yeah. That's the COVID talk, I think. Actually, no, there's more. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not COVID related. There were some resort fee changes that I don't know when they happened. I think I, my last update to the resort fee list was August of 2019. So a lot could have happened since then. But in the past year and three months or whatever that is, we've seen several increases. Golden Nuggets fee went from 20 to $22. Tropicana's fee, unsurprisingly, Tropicana now Caesars property, their fee went from $24.59 to $32.27. So the other Caesars fees mathematically seem to work out to $32.21. It's unclear to me if you actually get billed $32.27 or not. Trop actually says their resort fee is five cents more. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta make those nickels. Yeah, than the rest of the Caesars properties. And I think, I think if you actually have a comp room and you're not diamond at Caesars, Harris, or Bally's, it comes at, you get a bill for 32.27, I think. But the math works out to 32.21. The nickel higher, then it becomes 32.27 with tax. <laughs> so I, I'm very confused. And one thing I will say is 
Caesar's website makes the total price of a room so incredibly complicated. Like there's no way to add up the list of items that to that to come up with a total. And it seems like so intentionally complicated that I find that very like kind of gross and frustrating. Um so trop yeah, trop up eight bucks almost. Resorts fee went from twenty two dollars and eight cents to thirty one forty. So they now have the same fee as Ocean. Uh, I have to say thanks to Keith S. for emailing that TROP now has that CET rate, or six cents more, depending. Um, <laughs> so that prompted me to update the whole list. So thank you for getting me to do something that was overdue by about a year and a half. Only three casinos left with resort fees under 30 bucks: Golden Nugget, $22. Hard Rock, $24.58. And the shocker, Borgata, owned by MGM Resorts. $22.31. No one send this to MGM Resorts. Nobody there listens to this podcast. We're not that popular. Their resort fee would go up by 15 bucks tomorrow. I don't understand, but I, I, I'm happy about it. It's been this way forever, though. I mean... They did increase it when they first moved in. They increased it a little. It was like 15 bucks, I think. Yeah, it was 15 bucks for a long time. Remember when we started this podcast and it was like somewhere like 12 bucks, somewhere like 15 bucks. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. like, see, see, like the CET has always been ridiculous, like way above everyone else, but everyone's kind of caught up to CET now. So very yeah, I think, disappointing. Yeah. I think CET used to be like 25 or 27. It was like $27. The room was comped. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. And like everybody else was really low. I think for a long time, like, yeah, Gold Nugget was like 10. I think Tropicana was 12. I think Borg was 15 for a really long time. So yeah. Uh, so what I wonder is Bally's Corp taking over Bally's, formerly, formerly Twin River Holdings, taking over Bally's. What are they going to do to the resort fee? Hopefully lower it. Yeah. I mean, it seems so easy just to keep it the same. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's going to be thirty two twenty seven or whatever. Yeah, I would hope not. It's going to be thirty two twenty one. Whatever, man. <laughs> if anybody... So the hard part of it actually confirming that is there aren't that many people who get comped rooms at those properties that don't have diamonds. Or that I know, at least. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty, like we used to all the time. Mm -hmm. But now we've, you know, jimmied our way up to Diamond. Indeed. I used it so much this year, thankfully. Yeah. With the extended year that we've gotten. So good. All right. That's the resort fees. Our most popular page on the website by far. Certainly. <laughs> no one's going to watch your, like, you know, Canadian anti-gambling condom commercial oh, yeah. or whatever From, that like, you posted in like the podcast yeah 2012 yeah no no they're not unfortunately oh they should be it was good was it sometimes i look at our like original posts i'm like oh so bad so so bad not as bad as like our first episode no nothing could be that bad but pretty bad <laughs> oh yeah episode 138 can be that bad anyway uh live entertainment is coming back to atlantic city just in time for coronavirus i guess hey we don't <laughs> talk about that here so hard rock has motor city live a motown christmas running the weekends of december 12th and 19th with shows friday saturday and sunday and that's twice on saturdays from an article by wayne perry uh tickets are going to be sold as individual tables of two or four seats to ensure social distancing uh there's live music at some casino bars uh mostly on Friday and Saturday nights including at the Hard Rock Lobby Bar, Wild West Stage, Bar 1 at Resorts, and Tropicana has comedy shows going seven nights a week at Kiss Kiss Nightclub, which is hard to believe given the number of people that are apparently in Atlantic City right now, especially so, on weekdays. I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't yeah, seven nights a week that seems tough in month of December. Like on a Tuesday night 
with coronavirus comedians are they up there to to literally no one i mean it has to be like three people right i would think i mean i i don't know how stand-up comedy works like it may be something where like you just want to get up there get in some practice and it doesn't matter if there are two people in the audience but it's gotta suck yeah i mean it depends on where you are in your career probably yeah i think for a, for a, a newer person it'd be maybe not the worst thing but yeah certainly if you're like doing this to like actually make money and you're in that point of your career then it's probably not not the best yeah. so one thing i learned is that kiss kiss when they do comedy shows they call it ac jokes <laughs> a- ac jokes the worst name i've ever heard <laughs> Ah, uh, boy. Yeah, so I'll link to that Wayne Perry article. But interesting that there's some live music and, and live entertainment coming back. I mean, one thing that Joe Lupo from Hard Rock said in the article is that basically, you know, they've got all these big venues and it, and if they're not bringing in headline entertainment, they can have 10% of the capacity. I think he even said 10% and it's like totally safe. And so there's like a lot of demand for this among their clientele. And so they're going to, you know, have these I mean, it makes it makes sense from their perspective. I understand, and frankly, it seems safer to me than eating because oh, you yeah. can at least have your mask on the whole time. So, <laughs> yeah, good point. So, the other thing, Gallagher's and Gallagher's Burger Bar at Resorts. There is just no segues at any point in the show. By the way, <laughs> Gallagher's and Gallagher's Burger Bar are closing at Resorts. They're closing. My favorite place, Gallagher's Burger Bar. No, it's, I went once. It was okay. They're going to be replaced by a new concept. Everything's a concept. Nothing's just a restaurant. From the owners of Knife and Fork and Docks that's going to be opening in the spring. How excited are you about a new Knife and Fork and Docks restaurant? It sounds pretty good, right? It does. So Yeah, I'm in. There's a David Danzis article from the Press of AC, although it seems like it's mostly just uh, snippets of a press release, which is fine. Uh, seems like it's going to be a classic steakhouse, also a raw bar. Sounds a lot like Docks and Knife and Fork. But also hosts live entertainment. Uh, so the interesting thing to me is the setup up there, if you've been up there, is that Gallagher's Steakhouse is on one side of the walkway upstairs, and then Gallagher's Burger Bar is on the other side. And I think you need that walkway there. Like, I don't think you can just coordinate off where it's all part of one big restaurant. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll sort of have the Burger Bar as like the bar area and live music, and then yeah. the Steakhouse is like the Steakhouse and Raw Bar. I think it's doable. But I like it. I mean, I like this for resorts. You know, they've already got Capriccio, which is like a highly regarded Italian place. I ate there once. It was very good. And they have a highly regarded brunch. And so that's sort of like a place that's unique to AC. And then this is going to be another place that's like a very AC, like can't go to the knife and fork, whatever place in New York City, can't go to Chicago. It's going to be like very specific to AC. And that's cool. Um, so there's one thing I found interesting in the article uh, and the press release didn't mention Harry's at all, which, you know, Harry's is also at least started and I believe still owned by the Doherty family. So I don't know if this means anything for Harry's. I would think not. I don't know. What I, the I assume not. Bally's, the move to the sale of Bally's means for Harry's, although hopefully nothing. I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I mean, all those leases seems to just carry over. I, I mean, as far as I can tell, I mean, at least when... Last time, last few times I've been there, Perry's has always seemed very popular. I don't know why they would do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, especially I think with outdoor dining, you know, they've got a good amount of outdoor space. Yeah, they have a huge amount of outdoor space there. Um, so it seems like they're a good bet for that. Um, I know if you go and watch the Tiffany Gamble videos, she's gone there at least once. I think maybe more than once in her in her videos. So it seemed like a, a good setup for outdoor dining. So another plug for Harris. I mean Harry's, although <laughs> we're not Harris. <laughs> although we've seen uh, the service another. Plug from Harris. Yeah. 
Here is my favorite. Still haven't been back since they took my $25. <laughs> we should go back. We should go back. We should go back to AC, probably. Uh, Yeah, probably. When do, you, when do you think we're going to be back? Presumably after, I mean, you're not going to go until you get vaccinated, right? Uh, I don't know if I have to wait that long. We should be like six months away, right? Probably. Maybe less. I mean, it seems like Maybe it's less. moving really fast. I mean, it seems like people are going to start in, in like a week or two. Yeah. I mean, not us, but, no, you know. frontline workers. Frontline medical workers and people who live in nursing homes. I was thinking about that. I mean, how far to the front of the line should blackjack dealers and, and craps dealers be? Should they be second behind frontline workers or ahead of frontline workers? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, I think you're right. I think it's actually like bartenders and waitstaff. One. If I've learned about how they prioritize stuff, teachers will be like last. <laughs> That they're going to open schools. They're going to open schools in like fall I, of twenty twenty one. I do. I do have to say it's it's deeply upsetting. And believe me, I've I've deleted a lot of you know posts trying to to make this point in our our group. But uh, yeah, the priorities aren't aren't necessarily always in in the order they should be. Certainly, first priority should definitely be to open open at least elementary, probably middle school up everywhere. As uh, someone but, with an elementary school age kid, couldn't agree more. I, I do not have an elementary school age school kid, but really, I don't think there's a lot of scientific evidence that says that they should be closed at all, other than the teachers' unions having a lot of power, which, I mean, that's fine, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, not to get too far into it, which we've already done. The reason we were remote last week was because it wasn't that students were getting it, like, it wasn't that my kid had to quarantine, which she did. It was that all these teachers and staff had to quarantine and they couldn't get replacements. Um, and I don't know if that's a teachers' union issue or not. But that's too far into this. Speaking of politics. Yeah. So so Politico came out with an article about Atlantic City during COVID called City Without a Pulse. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I sent it over to you. Um, you know, anytime they, there's a, I guess, somewhat major national story about Atlantic City, I'm, I'm always kind of my ears perk up. Uh, it's It's mostly about the unemployment levels and you know talks about how how bad you know tourism's obviously been hurt by covid and has a lot of i i think very good pictures of the city or kind of the, the ruins of the city or or whatever i don't know i mean it, it it's probably making a, a larger political point that atlantic city is a good a good way to show i think showing how you know a certain part of the populace has been much more deeply affected than than the rest of it but i don't know i thought it was an interesting article and i thought it had nice pictures so any thoughts yeah i mean there, it, it was a little weird that atlantic city was the focus i mean because it, it definitely tried to sort of make the point of like this has affected hourly wage people much more right. than it's affected which it, it well, has people which is definitely yeah. true but then there was also sort of this air maybe i'm just scarred by like years of national coverage of atlantic city but there was definitely this this air in the article of like Atlantic City's this like dilapidated shit. Oh yeah, yeah, which is what all national coverage of Atlantic City is, right? In some ways, there was stuff that was you know not to the extent of like Sandy destroyed Atlantic City and then going show, going and showing a yeah. part of the boardwalk that was going to be demolished anyway. But you know there were a lot of pictures of like the playground and of Trump Plaza that were like in the state they're in. Like the playground being empty has nothing to do. With right. COVID. right, they they did kind of try to lead you to believe that it was it was COVID's yeah. fault, and it it certainly is not. Yeah, at some point there, I, there's a picture that talks about like a mall that is you know empty. But <laughs> it's it's supposed it to be a year-round attraction, but now it's empty because of COVID or whatever. And it's like, well, 
And then there's a picture of, of Revel with the big empty lot next to Revel where there's just the one house there. And it's like once populated with residences, few homes remain in a lot near a giant right. casino building along the boardwalk. And it's like, that's a CRDA that's issue. That's a CRDA. It has nothing yeah, yeah. to do with like nobody wants to develop this. Well, and something else with that, like certainly you hear a lot of other people who are just Atlantic City politics haters, which, you know, there's a lot of reasons to correctly be that, but who kind of blame them for all that stuff. And it's like, well, no, 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 this is a state thing. Like you need to talk to really yeah. the state of New Jersey and like the casino execs and everyone else that runs the CRDA. Like this really doesn't have a whole lot to do with Atlantic City. Yeah. So I I, I feel like there could have been like a longer, deeper article there that probably the Politico has no interest in writing because it's a national no. publication. <laughs> you know, something with more of a local focus, I think, could have done it more justice. But obviously, I'm like super biased on that and, and want that because I run an Atlantic City podcast. So yeah, yeah. Need to get Route 40 out there. We do. Write something up for us. I mean, I hear that we have a journalism major on the podcast. That that seems unfamiliar. <laughs> I was told anyone with a journalism degree is an enemy of the country or whatever, so I, I lay low on that. Well, I mean, you are, but that's not because of your journalism degree. No. All right. So you want to talk about some data? Yeah, why not? The data's always good. I mean, data's sometimes very bad, but... Yeah, like Q2. Was was the data good, though? Yeah, Q2, Q2, Q2 <laughs> zeros across the board. Banner. Banner quarter for Lang City. So what happened in October? I don't know. Things were down a little bit, but I think compared to September, I mean, it, it shows Atlantic City continuing to come back some. I don't know. What's, what stood out to you? So a few things. A lot of things that we've sort of already talked about. Ocean up 36.6% year over year. <laughs> Same as always. Hard Rock was up 17.7%. Everyone else was down. So it's, you know, the 123 Borgata, 41.2 million. Hard Rock, 28.8. Ocean, 25.2. Those all seem pretty good for an October regardless. Like, they don't seem all that bad. I mean, Borgata is actually one of the biggest year-over-year decreases. They were minus 20%. Harris was also minus 20% and Golden Nugget was minus 28%. I mean, we've talked about Golden Nugget struggles, but not a whole lot really jumped out at me about this. I mean, it seems like it's pretty much on par with what we've seen in what we saw in September for a lot of the casinos. I mean, like Golden Nugget, yeah, it's really bad, but it's like very similar percentage-wise year over year to what they had in, in September. It's half as bad as it was in August for them when they were down 55% <laughs> and had like $9.5 million or whatever they had in August. It was something atrocious. Uh, yeah, $9.2 million. So like I saw 10.5 for Golden Nugget. I was like, oh, this is atrocious. It's so bad. Like scream emoji, terrible. And then I looked at August and I was like, oh, no, this is 10.5. It's, uh, <laughs> it's way better for them <laughs> than August was. Man. I, don't, I mean, down 8%. I guess last last month year over year was down fifteen percent, so eight percent's better than that. Like you said, it's it's everything. It's continuing all of the trends that were there before. I don't think there's anything a whole lot new to talk about. So yeah, yeah. of course, you know, Hard Rock Ocean keep going up. Golden Nugget continues to be a dumpster fire. You know, valleys and resorts are also doing quite poorly. So it's bored, frankly. But also, it, it should be noted, it was a five weekend month, so there's there's that too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in November. I mean, it's December now that we're we're recording, so yeah. we'll get those results in not too long. By the next time we record, hopefully. The casinos reopened at the very start of July. They were down 46%, 46.8% brick and mortar from July of 2019. August, they were down 30.5%. September, they were down 15%. Now they're down 8%. So they're kind of like cutting pretty big 
into to that deficit, like getting closer and closer to where they were before. 8% is really seems almost shockingly close. So the question is, you know, now we've had this big spike in COVID. We've had more, more restrictions on the dining. Can't sit at a bar anymore. Uh, stuff has to close at 10. So like, is that going to stunt this recovery? Or do you think people are just, you know, over it and they're going to come back anyway? I don't know. I, I think there has been like some change in behavior in the last let's say two to four weeks when when as COVID's really spiked, I think people have actually started to go back to being a little bit less, you know, go out of uh, slightly less often, etc. I mean, everything I've been reading about Thanksgiving is it's it, it was not nearly as bad as people thought it was going to necessarily be, though I don't know if the media has necessarily been portraying that correctly. So I, I think there could be a little bit of a pullback, but uh, certainly there, there are people who are just completely over it and just going out and living their lives and... That'll happen too. I, I think there's going to be a small pullback, though. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised about that. I don't. I don't think we're going to see you know four percent or something decrease next year, next month, or like you know even from what December 2019 was. That would be insane. So yeah, I think we'll see a slight decrease. And also, you know, they're almost certainly going to lose their ability to pack the house on on New Year's Eve. So that that'll play into it. But the online revenue like more than made up the difference. Although you know, there's certainly the argument of. The, would the online revenue have been there, <laughs> even if the casinos were fully open, in which case it's not a great apples to apples comparison, but it was a 14.2% increase overall. So if you just, if you take everything, including brick and mortar and, and online, um, online revenue was up 106% year over year, which is insane. And sports, sports betting was, uh, an all time record yet again. I think this is the second or third month in a row that they've broken the all time record for amount wagered in a month in any state on sports betting with 803 million. That's the amount wagered, not the take $24.56 million of revenue just for Atlantic city casinos actually brought in. So, I mean, they're making up for it in other places. It seems like they're surprisingly not just bleeding cash through all this, which is good. But I think we can talk more about that when we talk more about the quarterly profit data next episode. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that next episode. So, Anyway, I think that's about it. So if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, find all of our great content and buy a shirt at do for a win.com. Reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Askin and send Craig some questions to do for a win at gmail.com. Any last thoughts, Craig? Uh, I just like how I listened to the Better Life episode and thought like, oh, Kyle, you know, he, he should really talk more. And then I just steamrolled right over you this entire episode. No, no, no. I think it's good. Back on part. Let me tell you, I, I don't <laughs> think this was one of my finer finer performances, so I think you you did the right thing. You just talked yourself out. You were on a different show. Uh, I was. you just spent. I was. It, it, you know, some of us don't have the stamina of, of other people, and it takes a while to recharge. So, uh, Well, the jokes write themselves. <laughs> and let's move along to Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> so what happened in Boardwalk Empire? Tell me all the plot. M- much briefer than last time. Yeah, I think the big thing is that a decision was made to off Nucky, uh, much to Jimmy's chagrin, apparent chagrin. Jimmy was trying to explain how, you know, we're going to make sure Nucky goes to jail, and then we're going to do all this stuff, and, and all of Al, Al Capone and Lucky and Meyer Lansky and all them were like, what are you doing? Like, why, why aren't we just killing this guy? Like, that's just the much easier solution, which I think they're totally right on. But uh, I think a lot of the episode was kind of about that back and forth. And Jimmy's kind of inner fight about whether or not that's a, a good idea or a bad idea. 
the the other main part of the episode was was Margaret goes to Brooklyn to see her. Uh, so I don't fully was it her brother and I know the two little girls were her sisters. Like who was it? Her uncle or her brother? That it seems like it was her brother and her either three sisters or her brother's wife and two sisters. <laughs> I think brother brother's wife and two sisters certainly. Yeah. Anyway, she meets them and and gets to talk about like you know we get to find out a bit more about Margaret and her past and then uh, she goes back to Atlantic City and you know right after Nucky gets shot you know unbeknownst to her she decides to sleep with with our good friend Owen so yeah I mean you didn't even mention Nucky getting shot yeah and, Nucky uh, got shot Nucky right, got shot right through the hand and then a federal agent. Pops out and, and shoots the shooter before he can yeah. actually finish the job. And Poor then Al G- loses another henchman. And, and and Jimmy hears someone uh, yell something about Nucky, how he's going to be alive. And the look on his face is just like, oh, I'm so screwed. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Kind of shocking for like a mid-season episode. There was the very shocking murder. Speaking of shocking, not a shocking murder because there was definitely going to be a murder. There's a murder every episode. But... You know, really, Owen throwing his hat in the ring for one of the most brutal murders of the show so far, where he strangled a dude. Yeah, we don't even know the full backstory. It seems like this is probably the real reason he was in Atlantic City, though. So I don't know what's going to come of of him, necessarily. Uh, And then the other story, Van Van Alden failing to pay Lucy for for carrying his baby for nine months. And then Lucy going to Nucky and basically, like, spilling all the beans. and, And Nucky trying to use that to get Van Alden to track the U.S. attorney who's on... Nucky's case, it's unclear if he's actually going to do that or not. Does not work, I think. It seems like Van Alden kind of steals himself and is trying to do the right thing. Either that uh, or he's getting in her good graces to be a part of the investigation and report back to Nucky and get paid. Uh, Maybe. We'll see. That would seem out of character for Van Alden, although he's done a lot of things that are out of character. My my belief at the moment is that he's he's trying to do the right thing. But who knows? Who knows? It's Van Alden. He's a strange guy. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I, I think my, my main two thoughts on the episode were that first, uh, kind of my, my favorite part of the episode is when Lucy walks into Nucky's office with the baby and Nucky is like, we have not been together since, you know, May 24th. <laughs> yes. He had an exact date. Yes. It was, it was wonderful. For me, I think by far the best character in the show and it's becoming more and more clear to me is, is Margaret. Like she's kind of, in a lot of ways, like the only really interesting character. Like I think everyone else is kind of a bit one note. I mean, Van Alden, I think is, is becoming a, a bit more of an interesting character too. Now that his life is falling apart a little bit, but you know, certainly everyone on, on Jimmy's side, I don't think is, is terribly interesting, but, but Margaret's really been very interesting and it's been good to learn more about her. Yeah. I, agree. I feel like that's been setting up for a long time where it's sort of like almost the Margaret show. Yeah, in terms of like her clearly having a more interesting backstory than they've they've been letting on, and we're starting to see that a little bit. And then now it's like hints that she's not super satisfied <laughs> in this relationship <laughs> that she's that she's in that she's obviously you know benefiting from. So interesting stuff on that front. Uh, and I yeah I agree. Like the characters like surrounding Jimmy are like such caricatures that I don't find Al or Lucky to be all that. No. interesting as characters in the of show of course not or even even eli you know yeah oh yeah no eli is is you know chief among them in terms of just being kind of <laughs> or like even jimmy frankly is is not really an interesting character even though he's presumably the main character of the show yeah i feel like we're gonna get deeper in into jimmy although i feel like the attempts at that have have centered around other people like yeah 
like the Commodore and like his mom. The mom has the mom seemed like it was going to get deeper, and now it just seems it's just like, like weird every yeah, time. It's, it's like super weird, and like she obviously is just like trying to control him, and I don't uh, know, yeah, and not, like just like burn it all down as long as I get like close to power. <laughs> but I mean, it, it was still like I thought this was one of the better episodes of the last few in terms of like yeah. plot development. It was it was good to to meet Margaret's family. I think it, it pushed her character ahead. Was was interesting. So I will say the the no face guy is also very good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. Yeah, we need to learn more about him, probably. But I like that he still has the uh, the dog fang bites on his his face mask. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that in this episode. But I think that's uh, everything for this this yeah, episode. Think... We're over a third of the way through. Yeah, we're we're doing it. Nineteen out of fifty six. I think fifty six episodes. I'd like to thank all of you all for like a. I always say I spend taking time out of your day to listen to us. I know it's harder to listen to podcasts these days, so it means a lot. And uh, I guess we'll we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Hopefully. Hopefully. Listen to uh, The Other Side of Midnight tomorrow night. Yeah. Definitely after this episode is posted, but probably not. <laughs> it's online, right? It will be online. You can, you can listen to it after the fact. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good one. My head headphones don't have the ideal cord for really any setup. I don't know how to handle that. Other than to just not handle it. Fix it in post. That's right. <laughs> Fix your cord situation in post. All right. Are we doing this? Oh, boy. It's rubbing against my zipper. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Never have you sounded so disappointed to say that. <laughs> Cancel the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I hate it when this happens. <laughs> this happens to me all the time. <laughs> oh boy well we have some post show now that's a little too racy for the pre-show yeah i gotta save that for the true fans